So, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. How are you doing today? Good. How are you? Good, dude. It's uh, it's funny. I was thinking about you. You're one of my oldest friends who I still keep in contact with, like from Episcopal. Yeah. Because you, when we rode in high school, you would drive me to practice before I could have a car. <laughs> that was so much fun. Yeah, that was that was way back. I mean, that was probably how many years ago is that? Um. I mean, since I started driving, so like 10th grade. Yeah, because you started driving early and I started driving really six, late. Six years ago? Yeah. But you started rowing in... I started rowing in 8th grade, grade, but yeah, I rode the bus for a little bit and realized that that was terrible. <laughs> and yeah. then I then I moved up to the high school program and made friends with everyone and I was like, I need to start getting a ride because <laughs> I don't want to do time. this bus anymore. Yeah, that was the best. That oh, was so much fun. So funny. Um. But congratulations to you because you're you're graduating undergrad. Yeah, thank you. I mean, feels, we talked we talked about weird. yeah we talked about it a little yesterday, and it's just kind of like step one of yeah. many steps for what you want to do. Literally. Um. So, which speaking, of, what is it exactly you want to do? Like, what's the end goal? Um, going to surgery. I used to think like heart surgery. Yeah. And still, kind of like that might be the plan, but. You know, I might find something else that I like. I might find something like non-surgical that I like. Oh, um, what what made you switch? Because for a while I knew it was surgery. I just couldn't remember which type of surgery you wanted to do. Uh, I just I feel like I like it because I've been exposed to it. But I feel like there's a lot of stuff that I haven't been exposed to. So you know, I kind of want to like keep my options open. But I'm still definitely like interested in surgery right now. Okay, and so arguably, like surgery is probably. I mean, I'm not in the medical world, obviously, and I don't, I don't know, but that's kind of the highest level of the medical profession, like surgery and like heart surgery, like brain, like that's very, very hard. What made you decide to want to go to that level? Um, I really like how a lot of the stuff is like practical. Like, I feel like in some other like fields of medicine, you learn like what medication does this and what yeah. medication does that. But in surgery, it's that, but it's also like, well, you have to use this knot to hold this together. Like, I don't know. It was a lot more like hands-on and a lot kind of like different knowledge that you have to have. Um, okay. It was, it was just really cool watching it. Like I couldn't, I can't really describe like what it felt like to like watch it, but I saw the heart surgeon like doing his thing and I was like, I want to do that. So you, so you like the physical aspect of it, like actually being in there and like doing mm -hmm. it versus just like noticing something and prescribing something, right? which is a big difference. And like yeah. they're equally as important, obviously, in the world, but they're just different parts. Yeah. But you probably are good under pressure then. I mean, you have to be because that that's a that's a high stress job. Yeah. And I don't know, but they like I used to think that like I would never be able to handle that. But yep. they like they ease you in like, you know, college is a little bit more stressful than high school. And then, you know, working in the hospital is a little bit more stressful than college. And, you know, you work your way up. And then looking back, I'm like, you know, why was I ever stressed about stuff in high school? Like, yeah, yeah it is. It's definitely funny to look back and you'll you'll have days where you're stressed out and you'll be like, Oh my gosh, like, how can I get through this? And you'll think about in high school. Oh, I used to stress about going to crew practice. And yeah. like, that was like a hour and a half to two hour event that it's it, like, it didn't yeah. change anything in my life. Like it, it was just something I did. And it was at the end of the day, it was for fun. And that at one point was like the most stressful thing. And now yeah. it's like, Oh no, I need to get a job. I need to like, <laughs> I need to pay rent. Like yeah. it gets very, very different. Yeah, it's it's funny looking back on that. Um, but would was college 
since you're graduating, I, I have like a year and a half left because I've transferred so many times. God knows when I'll finish. <laughs> um, <laughs> my parents are like, just get out eventually. <laughs> um, but was it harder or easier than you expected? I was just talking to my parents about this. Um, in terms of the level of difficulty of the material, harder. I mean, way harder. Like the step up from high school to college was unbelievable i mean that's i feel like i did pretty bad my freshman year because like i didn't know what it took really um but in terms of everything as a whole like i had to do a lot less stuff that i didn't want to do like showing up to class doesn't matter yeah. you know you just have to take the exam you have to learn the material whatever and, and for those of you who don't know griffin just graduated from uf which is a huge state school but it's a very hard school and griffin's also very smart he's <laughs> Uh, just so everyone knows, like, where you're coming from. He has, like, photographic memory. got, like, a 35 on the ACT. Like, the dude's smart. So that they need to know that before you. Yeah. But, yeah, keep going. Um, But definitely the large state school aspect played into the, like, professor just don't care kind of thing. So it was nice because coming from, like, a private school, you know, you had to have your shirt tucked in if you're not wearing the right shoes. We went like, to a very small private school. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, the teachers knew you by name and knew, like, oh, you're, you've are been late to class the past three days. Like, yeah. what's up? You know, in a class of, you know, however many hundreds of kids, the professor doesn't care. So that was that was huh. kind of nice. Um, that's, a, that's a big shift, too. Definitely. Because, like, some kids in high school, like, especially once you go to, like, public school, they'll have class sizes that are huge and like grades that are thousands of people like even like Ponte Vedra yeah. whereas like we had like 150 170 like, yeah. tops like yeah and that I imagine would be like a big big change yeah and definitely like you know it was crazy how many kids were so good at so many things just like kind of like the small fish in a big pond kind of thing oh um, okay you know it was just it was like a huge like perspective change was it kind of like a culture shock almost yeah um i feel like episcopal like prepared me well for like the difficulty like the academic side yeah but just like you know i'm no longer one out of 20 in this class i'm one out of 2000 right so yeah that was i well i went to queens first and that was a small school so it wasn't very different and i almost felt like i was still at episcopal and then i went to online at santa fe which obviously like that was at my parents house so it wasn't like there right. was anyone there but then unf is kind of big and it it is weird to like walk around a, a bigger campus and versus just like so many years of just walking to class and being there in two minutes and yeah now having to just deal with a bunch of different stuff and it is it's weird but it's good i think it's good 100 oh, percent. i feel have like that change i got like this type of like survival skills, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> like, to be able to like fend for myself and, you know, learn that like not everyone has my best interest in mind, mm -hmm. you know, just kind of like focus on myself. Cause I feel like, you know, at Episcopal, everyone was kind of there to help you um, in yeah. one way or another. And at UF, you're just, you know, an eight digit student number. Well, totally. And that's something I probably haven't experienced as much as you have because you, you and Josh once told me about, like the college advising at oh, UF yeah. and how it was just the worst thing ever. Like you really are just a number. Yeah. And it's like an assembly line, like one, yeah. one in one out. Like if all you day. don't figure your own stuff out, you get lost and yeah. you're screwed. And I feel like that is super valuable. And that's definitely something you can't get at like a small liberal arts school, you know, like there, there's yeah, pluses and minuses to both. And like, 
it's just kind of, I, I think it also depends on your personality. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you probably did very well because you are an independent person and you kind of are just like, I need to get this done. Like, I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. And then you just have to like follow through with it. And it's probably the same for preparing for your MCAT and trying to get in medical school, medical school, which is what you're doing now. Yeah. How's that going? <sighs> Stressful. Yeah. Sent a bunch of emails last night to professors because that's like another kind of downside to the large state school. I'm having to get letters of rec from these professors. And they don't know you. Yeah. Or they might have recognized my name on their grade sheet once. Right. But I was, you know, one kid out of however many hundred in the class. So asking these professors, you know, you want to let, write a letter of rec for me. You know, they're not as inclined as someone from a smaller school would be. Oh, and it's also, it's, there's no way it's going to be very personal. Right. I mean, they can fake it as much as they can, but yeah. I, I mean, still. A lot of times they say, you know, write your own letter. I'll just proof it. And that's it. Really? Yeah. That's a thing? Mm-hmm. Oh my All the gosh. Time. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Makes it easy on them. Yeah. And they, they, <laughs> they don't care. It doesn't yeah. affect them at all. It's it, just their name. Like, they're yeah. like, whatever. A lot of, a lot of professors huh. just look at your grade in the class and go, ah, okay. Wow. So. Are you happy with how you finished grades wise? Yeah. I mean, I, you know, wish I would have done better freshman year, but I just had no idea, you know, coming from Episcopal, I was like, oh, whatever. Like, you know, I had to study, but like not that much, like, you know, in Episcopal you're saying, yeah yeah, yeah. 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 And then came to UF and was like, oh, I need to start studying like a week before the exam. And you like had to like, fig- that took some time to figure yeah. out. Yeah. yeah. You have to shift your whole studying habits. Yeah. And then also you're dealing, like when you first get there, it's, kind of crazy because you're like oh i have all this freedom yeah like you're like oh my gosh i have all this time on my hand and you're free finally the last thing you want to do is like sit down and study like yeah i mean no one wants to do that so i feel like that would be hard i think everyone probably doesn't do their best freshman year yeah definitely yeah um but so for the past three or two summers you've you've worked in mayo here right uh for, Summer got, after my freshman and then sophomore year. Okay, so what were you doing there? Um, I was just doing research. So um, you're interning, basically? Yeah, and so that was really cool. And I got to, like, shadow a bunch of different doctors. And that's what kind of, like, got me into surgery. Okay. Um, so that was really cool. I mean, the, the research was great. And, like, learning all about how to do research, you know, what makes, like, good or bad research was cool. But, like, just shadowing the doctors was, like, the most valuable thing. Is that something that everyone usually does when they're trying to go to medical school or is that something you shadowing just want to do yeah oh no yeah you need to have like shadowing so you have to do it yeah because they, they want you to have like a pretty like unfiltered view um you know a lot of kids you know probably have watched an episode of Grey's anatomy and think you know oh this is what it's like <laughs> but like it's nothing <laughs> like that how is it different because i've 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 I mean, maybe seen like one or two episodes like, like what's give me a real life day in the life of a, a i feel like in like a lot of tv dramas people are there to like backstab people and like there's a lot of like tension and conflict like i don't know everyone in the hospital is working together right um yeah there's conflict and tension but i don't know i feel like it's like like less prevalent um i don't know i just it's just so like different like the only thing that's the same is like you're in a hospital and sometimes crazy things happen okay well like all right now let's get to that what's the cr- <laughs> Give like, me some, some crazy story. Let's medi- Medically or socially? Because I feel like I've seen a lot of medical things Both. that like, I mean, I've seen people with like crazy, like blood pH and you're like, how are they still alive? You so know? what does that mean? Like the acidity of their blood. So okay. they're not breathing a lot. And so when you stop breathing, your blood gets more acidic. 
Um, and, you know, they came back with a lab value of this person's blood pH and it was super acidic. And then like, they're still alive. And I was like, wow. Um, but the, the social things are definitely the craziest. I mean, I saw a dude rip, a hand sanitizer dispenser off the wall, break it on the ground, rip open the hand sanitizer bag and start trying to drink it just to like get alcohol. What? Yeah. Was this at May or at Shans? Shans. Okay, because right now you're a scribe at Shans, yeah, yeah. which is a very different hospital than Mayo. Right. For those who don't know, Mayo is like probably the, one of the best hospitals in the country, right? Well, it's also like the difference between a private and a public hospital. And oh, it's also okay. the difference between a trauma center and not a trauma center, I guess. Because the and Mayo Shans is a trauma center? Yeah. So okay. the Mayo ER is like very, very small compared to the one at Shans. Oh. Um, just because of you know shans being at a university it being a trauma center um you know serving all of like gainesville and that kind of like upper central florida area um so you definitely see some different things well so has been what was more valuable to you do you think interning or doing research at mayo or scribing at shans um I don't know. That's hard to say because they're, they're opposite ends of the spectrum. Yeah. Because like, you know, doing research, I didn't really talk to patients that much. I, you know, going into surgery, I usually walk in the patient already be asleep. Um, okay. So it was a lot more technical and a lot more medically focused. But I feel like a lot of the like sociological issues, you see a lot more of that at Shans. Um, mm. And... I don't know. It's 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 tough. It's tough to say. Yeah. Is it is it harder being a scribe? Um I would think it would be harder just because it would be you would almost think it would be more stressful. So, now that I've been doing it for a while, it's kind of nice cuz I can just go into work and like not mindlessly do my job, but I know what I'm doing. Right. Research, I feel like it was kind of something new every day. Um I don't know. It's tough because then there are some days scribing that are like way harder than any day of research could ever be just because of the workflow and, yeah. you know, the doctors want stuff to get done. Um, I don't know. They're just so different. Yeah. But you did get you got published for the re during the research. Yeah. So what was that like? Um, that was really cool. Um, and the doctor I worked with helped me out a lot. He was like such a good mentor. was like, you know, super down to earth, super good teacher. Um but it was weird. Like I, I went in not really knowing anything and walked out like knowing a lot about the research that I did specifically, which was kind of interesting because hmm. like a lot of like really specific knowledge. Um, I, that's another thing that's different. I feel like Shans is a lot more general knowledge. Okay. Um, and then the Mayo was more like heart transplant, like super, super, super specific. Okay. okay. Um, that like you would never ever talk about outside of the realm of like heart transplant. Oh, interesting. Whereas like Shan's like you could have anything happen and right. you could be scribing for any type of scenario right, Yeah. versus the Mayo thing. You were specifically working heart yeah. type of work. Yeah. And like at Shan's it was weird because people that come into the ER, I feel like are different than patients that you're seeing for like a heart transplant evaluation. The the necessity of them being there is a little different. You know, they've had to go to a couple of different doctors to get told, oh, maybe you need a heart transplant. Whereas, you know, people coming to the ER are just like 
you're probably, you know, with one of the first doctors they see. They're just like probably in a lot of pain and like need right. something immediately. Yeah. It hasn't been like a long process to get there. They right. have like been shot or like yeah. been cut and like now they're in the ER. Yeah. <laughs> Do you see a lot of that stuff? Um, In the ER at the Shands in Jacksonville, it was a lot more shootings and stabbings and things of that nature. But okay. the demographic and the kind of like area served for the Shands in Gainesville, a lot of it is like falling off ladders, car crashes. Um, wow. Uh, accidents with like heavy machinery. Crashes? Yeah, there's also the interstates right there. So oh, um, right. so then they go to that one. So they, okay. Yeah, and we also get a lot of people like flown in by helicopter. Um, oh. So that's pretty cool. I've always wanted to go on one of those helicopters. Dude, helicopters are the best. They oh. are the coolest things in the world. Yeah. Like they're just so wild. Just yeah. Lift off, go. Like, Crazy. It's amazing. They just land like right on the roof. Anyway, they're so cool. <laughs> they're like, if you can fly a helicopter, like, give me a call. Like, yeah, I'll get literally. you on here. Like, that would be epic. <laughs> That's who we need next. Yeah. <laughs> um, but has, so is working in both of those, since you've gathered a lot of knowledge in like very specific things, but also very general aspects of it, has it kind of changed your outlook on how you see things in life? Like, do you, let's say you like, you have like a, a chest pain. Does your brain now automatically go, oh, it could be bop, 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 bop. Oh, One definitely. Of these, like, is that, is that annoying sometimes or is it um, helpful? Both. Cause like, you know, I was like sitting at my desk a couple weeks ago and my neck hurt mm-hmm. and it's probably from just like looking down at my computer for so long. Um, but my neck hurt and I was like, oh, I have meningitis. I'm literally going to die. <laughs> like, that's it. This is it. You're the human definition of WebMD. <laughs> No, not even close, but it's just like, you know, that's always one of the things that the doctors talk about, you know, neck pain could be meningitis. I mean, that's one of a list of a million things it could be. Okay. Um, but yeah, like get some chest pain and I'm like, okay, what kind of chest pain is it? Well, it's kind of like sharp. It's kind of like changes with position. Uh, I don't think, I don't think it's like a heart attack (laughs) (laughs) or hope that it's not. That's so funny because that that's like ignorance is bliss. You know, Mm -hmm. if I have chest pain, it's like, oh I have chest pain. (laughs) It's like, all right, I'm just going to see how long I have to deal with this. But for you, it's stuff starts popping up and that that's probably a weird thing that like doctors have to like deal with. Yeah. And a lot of it too is like, sometimes I'll be able to like qualify what I'm feeling like, Oh, maybe it's sharp chest pain that changes with position. It doesn't change when I like exert myself. It's not associated with anything else. I know that it's probably not a heart attack, but I feel like the doctors are much better at like qualifying what exactly it is. Cause I'm just like my job there to just record like exactly what they ask. Right. Um, so sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's not, I have all this information. I like don't know what to do with it. Yeah. Well, hopefully, I mean, I'm sure it'll be helpful for the MCAT and medical school yeah. and like all of that. Like you can, all, you can apply it all, mm-hmm. but it is, it is weird to be walking around with that like textbook of information <laughs> like your friends like oh my my arm hurts it's like oh really yeah <laughs> tell me about the pain <laughs> yeah i have people ask me for medical stuff and i'm like listen i don't even have a college degree yet so yeah. like take this with a grain of salt <laughs> but you know isn't that funny how when you tell someone like a certain thing about you or something you do you all of a sudden that that's the type of person you are oh yeah you know what I mean? so like i tell people I do photography. Like I, I tell people I'm a photographer yeah. because like 
now you're like the photo guy now i'm the photo guy and, <laughs> and sometimes it's great and sometimes it's it's annoying because they'll be like like they're taking a family picture with like an iphone or something right they're like oh give it to wilson he's the photographer it's like my skills as a photographer aren't really going to change in this setting with this iphone like, yeah I may know how to work the camera better than my grandma, but like, I'm not really going to make that big of a difference. Yeah. Like, it's not like I have lights set up and I'm not going to bring in equipment. I don't know. It's just, it is a weird thing. Like you just become nailed as that person. Yeah. Like I think in high school I was like, we, everyone, we were all probably like the rowers. Yeah. You know, like that's what we were like yeah. known for. That was our sport. That's what we so were. So someone goes to the gym and like uses the rowing machine once and they're like, oh, so like, you know, yeah have all these questions about it they're like oh so it's a full it's a it's all arms right yeah i'm like nope it's not <laughs> i get that question all oh so your arms must be like you know, yeah. like they're really not they're not that big yeah. like but i know it it's just one of those things do your parents ask you a lot of medical questions now um yeah but i feel like i feel like i've told them enough times that they now know that like they'll ask me and like maybe kind of get my opinion but also right. know that like I kind of don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, I know my mom's asked you a lot of medical questions, I think. Yeah. <laughs> she just asks a lot of questions. Yeah. <laughs> she, yeah, she loves you. But... Um, the photo guy. <laughs> dude, that's that's who I am now. Yeah. And, and now I just... I, I don't think it's a very feasible, like, business for me. Mm -hmm. um, Would you still do it, like, on the side, like, as a hobby or yeah just because it's kind of it is fun and i enjoy it but it's such a like the type of work i would do and would be able to do it's so random and unplanned it's really hard to schedule like life around it right and then all of a sudden for something to pop up and then be like oh i have to drop everything and go mm -hmm. it's it's kind of hard and i definitely think i'm more of a person who likes structure mm. and i don't love it when it's just like random stuff and i don't know when the next like job or something is going to happen right and especially now because like trying to pay rent and doing all of these things like it is you kind of need to know when like, yeah, your next definitely. like paycheck is coming in and that that's been like a weird shift that's happened with me like while in school because when i first started college i i was pretty done with photography i was like oh i'm just gonna go to queens i'm gonna focus on this triathlon thing get like a business degree or whatever graduate move on mm -hmm. and it's like nope don't want to do this triathlon thing anymore i'm gonna come back do photos more did that more and then i was like mm, maybe i'll switch to unf and then it's just it's all over the place you just gotta like figure it out and it's it's horrible it's so <laughs> annoying like everyone's always like asking me so when are you gonna when you graduate and i'm like i, I don't know yeah <laughs> i am not sure and i am not sure what the job p likelihood is either but I don't know. You'll find some. Yeah, it happens. It all works out. Um, but so I was really curious about. I don't talk about COVID that much because I feel like there's enough talk it's about been, like, it. Beaten to death. It's yeah. been beaten to death. But I think you were in a unique position in working in a hospital during the whole time of it. Mm -hmm. Like from the beginning. I don't think. Did you stop working? No. So yeah. So you were there the whole time. Like, how do you think? shans in particular as a hospital handled it on an individual level um i mean everyone had the same issues it was like it was really eerie because you know obviously it started out west and kind of moved east yeah um 
And hospitals out west were describing like a tsunami effect where like people would stop coming in and then all of a sudden it's like a wave of people. And like the same thing happened at Shands. Like, you know, it was empty. Like we maybe saw like a handful of patients in one day and that's like unheard of. And then, you know, however many weeks later, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people just like coming in. Wow. Um, but I mean, I think Shands did a good job. Everyone, you know, it's tough everywhere. Right. Um, no one had any idea what they were dealing with initially. And now, you know, we kind of have a better idea of how to deal with it on like a personal and like a like public health basis. Yeah, it, it is. It's crazy how it all changed. Like it's only been, I mean, it was a year, like it's over a year now, but yeah. I feel like especially in Florida, it's become so much more like chill. Yeah. Like if you look in Jacksonville, like, I mean, the bars are open, restaurants are open. Like you would not think COVID was here. Yeah. Which is weird. Yeah. because then like you go somewhere like a hospital and like obviously like it is a it's definitely like a lot less in the hospital now really i mean i don't know the exact number i think shans might have like a single digit number of covid patients oh wow. I, I, i'm not super sure but it's definitely like significantly less that's great um yeah so yeah it's just it's weird how much it's like changed right do you think like what what's a thing that you think they could have done better with it i have no idea honestly i mean i think every day they changed what they were doing because we were learning more you know every day we'd get some update about okay so you know you're supposed to do this with covid patients but now do something a little different um like what would, what would change like what would they shift? like you know they started saying well maybe people coming in with fever they could have covid and then they'd say well no move all the people with like fever cough and like body aches to this side of the er and everyone else to the other side and then we started getting you know, when covid tests became available you know who do you test now they're testing like everyone um and you know who do you put on oxygen who do you intubate like you know so i don't know i i think it's tough to say what they could or couldn't have done better because you know so much information was unavailable or not super great or you know it was just it was a weird time yeah it it really was it was strange because like especially like here like the beaches were closed yeah and that was that was interesting to like have something like that like shut off could you even like walk down there or no they would have cops like oh, on wow. cars on the beach and like there would be like times when some people would like just like run out to the water because i think once they were in the water they're like we're free <laughs> <laughs> international water <laughs> yeah it's like they were like escaping from cuba or something yeah. but it was so funny um but then I don't know why all of a sudden they're just like, all right, we're opening it back up and huh. everyone was happy. Yeah. I, I don't think closing it made a big difference, to be honest. Like I the don't beaches know. or everything the beaches. in general. Yeah. Because the problem was also when they closed it, everyone like all of a sudden didn't want it to go. So when they opened it, more yeah. people than usual were yeah. there. So there was actually like less spacing because mm-hmm. like everyone's like, oh, we didn't have it, but now we do. So now we got to go. Yeah. And I feel like that, I'm wondering if that, you know, so like the, obviously like the economy, like it met, like COVID messed up the economy. Right. Right. And people didn't have a lot of access to stuff, but I'm wondering if when everything really is fully open back up again, there's going to be such a like flux of people coming back. It'll like hopefully boost. Well, definitely. Up. I feel like stuff in Florida. Um, I mean, like even with the UFC fight the other night, they came to Florida cause like it's open. I dude, I wish I knew it was here. I was so <laughs> bummed. Like I literally was like, it I saw crazy. that and I was like, wait, what like they said they set like an arena record for number of people really yeah 
do they usually have like fights in Jacksonville? They, I think they might like once a year or something. Really? Yeah. I wish I, I know. I wish I would have known or like watched or something because I like don't really know if I want to start doing like mixed martial arts, but I think it is so interesting. Yeah. I think it is so impressive. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, Khabib, uh, I'm going to butcher his name, Nurmagomedov. I don't probably because he did butcher. <laughs> so cool. Um, he's the one who like beat Conor McGregor, then hopped out of the ring and like beat up some of Conor McGregor's friends or whatever. Oh, I think I knew. And they interviewed him. He was like, "I don't care about the money." Like he talked bad about like me and my country and my family. Like, oh man, it's more than the money. And I was like, "Wow, like that's so cool." Well, and it's also crazy because so the last person I had on here, he's big into it, and he's he's a really talented athlete. Um, he was talking about how there's this mentality of ufc fighters and people who do mma that they're like these crazy madmen, mm -hmm. but they actually have to have like a lot of self-control and restraint and yeah. they have to be really smart with how they perform that because it's not just like wildly hitting people like you have to have like a textbook of knowledge of of moves and ways to get out of things and ways yeah. to, and it's just it's really interesting that they're able to do that and you have to be a pretty well-rounded athlete i'd say yeah. to be able to handle that type of i feel like it's a huge like mental game like you have to be so level-headed yeah the people who go out there like swinging like just get like knocked out well so I, I was rowing today and i was thinking about i like thought of like a saying for some reason i was like oh mind like a monk body like a soldier or like body like a warrior or something like that and i was like man that's you just make that up or yeah just I, like... just, I, I just oh, made wow. it up i literally <laughs> was like oh my god that's genius <laughs> and that's literally kind of like what those MMA fighters yeah. are like they have to be like calm and collected and then they have to like be able to like attack yeah and that's pretty like a cool thing to do because there's not a lot of sports I feel like where you have to combine the two you know if you like look at football like they're just like they're bred to just like beat other people like run through right. people and then like you look at like something like running they they're not like attacking they're just right. like being endurance athletes and it's just it's interesting that it's a really big combination yeah and i think also like it being one-on-one -on -one is like a huge thing right because you're in there by yourself yeah like you're literally in a cage <laughs> like yeah that takes it back to like barbarian time you know it's like <laughs> yeah gladiators it's crazy yeah that stuff is so cool to watch yeah it is fun to watch I don't know. Maybe one day I'll get into it. Maybe maybe that'll be another one of my phases. <laughs> Who knows? That'd be a cool phase. It's expensive though. Like really going to like martial arts gyms. Yeah, it's it's price. It's like the price of like a CrossFit gym. Wow. Yeah. I saw I saw a CrossFit gym. I think it might have been in Gainesville, but it was like an old gas station. They had gutted what? it, turned it into a gym, and then like you know like the covering that covers like the gas pumps yeah they had turned that whole area into like an outdoor workout area it That's was so cool sick. it was so cool dude the funny thing about crossfit gyms is they're literally in like sheds yeah like they can just be anywhere like doesn't matter the structure like something like that it's just like throw some ergs in there throw some squat yeah. racks some rings and it's a crossfit that was gym. like the whole like selling point of crossfit right like it was like the the like fitness revolution like yeah we're breaking away from like traditional gyms well, because they don't really need a traditional gym space. Right. They just, they don't even need four walls. Yeah. You know, it's just like, it doesn't matter. Yeah. It's a, it's an interesting community. Yeah. <laughs> we, we've made a lot of jokes about it over the years. Yeah. Scoliosis for time. Yeah. Um, but I can't deny that they're very talented athletes. Yeah. I mean, they, I mean, what they like do at the CrossFit game, especially like 
That's crazy. It's crazy. Like one day event might have to be like a marathon row. Yeah. Which is a long time to row. And then the next day it could be like a max power clean or snatch yeah, or something. Yeah, you got to have it all. It's, yeah. I think where, where people go wrong is like they see that and think that like, you know, them throwing around weight in their backyard is going to like get them to the CrossFit games and they think they can do like the same things as those yeah. people. Um, but that took like years to get there. And right. it's like, and like it's Matt Frazier was on like the Olympic weightlifting team. Yeah. Like he's I mean, like he built was, for that. He was <laughs> one of the best Olympic weightlifters like in the world. Like yeah. that, that doesn't just like happen. Yeah. Like, and then he also broke his back. Tw- really? Did you really? Yeah. He, he broke his back twice, like one day in training and then, like, I think the next time, like, a few days later or something, he messed it up again, like, in competition or something. And That's crazy. And he's talked about this, but um, I may be butchering the story, but the coach was like, see what you can do. Like, put some weight up still. And, like, yeah. he basically was just, like, he heard something pop again and was like, Ooh. all right, I'm done. Like, there's yeah. no, And then he just took a long break and then he just, like, discovered CrossFit as a way to, like, make extra money doing CrossFit competitions in like the Northeast as a college kid. Wow. Yeah. Huh. Crazy. Athlete. <laughs> make extra money. You're just so good at it. You're like, oh, whatever. Yeah. I was just like, what? That's so like, just like, <laughs> it's just so funny. And he, I think he didn't even do CrossFit workouts. He just would do like Olympic lifting in a CrossFit gym. And then like one of the people, the owner of the gym or whatever told him hey you should come do a competition right like i'll pay for your entry fee and like if you win like just like pay me back whatever it is so would he like was his strategy just like be good enough on the weightlifting to make up for like not doing a lot I, of like aerobic i think training? in the beginning and then obviously it had to shift because i mean you have to right shift over but his whole i'm pretty sure his whole training strategy is to not even do crossfit workouts per se it should just to do workouts that enhance the CrossFit movements. Oh. So he's probably able to put like more volume down mm-hmm. because it's not as like impactful. Mm. Um, so crazy. he doesn't even like really do CrossFit workouts, huh. but he's the best CrossFitter in the world. Yeah. So it's like a we, it's like a funny thing. That stuff um, is wild. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I love watching it. Watching it's crazy. Doing it is like, yeah, I, like I did it for a little bit. I mean, you know, that that gym and, we would be doing it'd be like snatch day or whatever and yeah. they'd be like all right throw some weight up there and i'd be like i'm good <laughs> yeah my spine could not handle this i'm not ready for this and he's like oh you'll, you'll be fine you'll be fine i'm like i really don't think i will yeah but yeah it's just it's crazy um so you're working on the mcat now yeah so what's the timeline for that four days away three four days away Okay, so then if you don't do well in this one, how long do you have to wait to take it again? So you can only schedule one at a time, which is like, whatever, you know, not ideal. But um, I think, to my understanding, as soon as I walk out of that one, I can schedule another. So I'm going to try to schedule another, you know, pretty soon, just in case. If I get my score back and I like it, I'll just cancel it. You know, it's it's like $200. I'd rather just spend the $200 as like a security deposit for the MCAT. And then I'll apply, you know, whenever applications open this cycle coming in late May or June. And this will be for the fall of next year? No, it'll be for, so primary applications and then you do like secondary applications going into the fall of 2021. And then I would be starting summer slash fall of 2022. 
So it's like oh, a whole wow. like year long process. Oh, I didn't know that. It's like primaries and secondaries and interviews. And I think there's like a couple more things like scattered in there. And so is the thought that you just like work during in the in between the two? Yeah. Okay. Some people do it during school, which is kind of rough, but a lot of it lies over the summer. So that's kind of good. Um, but I just didn't want to have to like deal with that with school. Okay. So you're, you'll probably either like get like a medical job or like continue scribing at Shans yeah. until then. Yeah. Okay. Dang, that's crazy, dude. Stressful. <laughs> if I had told you five years ago that we'd be sitting here podcasting about you taking the MCAT and that'd be crazy going to medical school, man. Probably didn't even know what the MCAT was five years ago. <laughs> <laughs> like, I probably should have started preparing five years ago. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, yeah. I would not want to ever do that. I can't imagine. It is impressive though. It's weird though. It's a weird test. A lot of it's like. You know, there's content on there, like, do you remember this or that? But, like, a lot of it is, like, you read the passage and you have to infer and, like, draw conclusions. They give you all this data or, like, these graphs and they say, okay, what does this mean? And, you know, the answer choices are, well, this did this and this didn't do this and, you know. Hmm. So, it's a lot of it is, like, thinking. It's it's really weird. How does it compare, like, to, like, an ACT or SAT? Uh, I feel like ACT and SAT were more skills-based. Um, and it was different because a lot of that was like math and reading. So like the reading was like comprehension, uh-huh. whereas the reading on the MCAT is more inference and drawing conclusions and like rhetorical analysis. Um, and it's it's sort of similar to the ACT science though, where they give you a passage, they give you questions and you answer questions on the data or like the experimental design. So I don't know, it's... It's definitely weird though. I had no idea what to expect when I like took my first one. Yeah. And that, then I like realized why people say like, oh, like it's a weird test. Interesting. Um, it's definitely like a, th- like test how you think. And it's like a seven hour test, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Do you get to like day break for lunch? Like- yeah. So you do 59 questions of chemistry and physics, mm-hmm. 10 minute break, and then reading 53 questions, 30 minute break bio and biochem 59 questions 10 minute break and then psychology and sociology and then you're done you gotta have some endurance yeah so that's it's it just helps to like do a lot of them yeah like, like done, a lot like, of practice tests yeah yeah um which it's kind of rough because it like takes up your entire day and yeah then it's gone you spend seven hours and you get like a three-digit number and you're like okay great <laughs> <laughs> that's like I didn't, hilarious I didn't, didn't get any more work done like just kind of like sat there like frustrated for seven hours dude that's like the olympian rowers they train all year for a four and a half minute race yeah. you know it's like that's so funny <laughs> only <laughs> to lose to some like german dude <laughs> like, you know? some dude named france or something yeah. oh, gosh that's a three digit number that's funny yeah oh man it's crazy yeah do you have a do you have a list of schools that you want to um definitely everywhere in florida okay um and then based on my mcat you know hopefully i get it back by the time like i'm kind of applying mm-hmm. so i can kind of like narrow down my list of schools um but i mean i don't know i just want to go to a medical school yeah like a medical school in the united states is pretty comparable to any other medical school i mean obviously like you know the ivy leagues are going to give you like a better name like a better pedigree but is it all the same at the end? Yeah, basically. Really? The the Ivy Leagues, now that the step one of the USMLE, like the medical licensing exam, is pass-fail, it's harder for residency programs to like stratify applicants based on their scores. So 
more of your residency application is based on where'd you go to medical school. Mm. And, you know, that's not great, but they have to stratify you somehow. Um, so an Ivy League medical school is going to carry a name that might get you a little further than, you know, a state medical school. Even though you might be getting the same education, you know, it unfortunately doesn't work out like that sometimes. Yeah, there's just like an undergrad, like gets you in the door exactly. more. Like guy from Harvard versus a guy from yeah Tampa, like I don't know, like Windsor <laughs> School in Tampa. Yeah. You Tampa? South yeah. Florida, U- yeah. USF, something like that. Yeah, I don't know. But yeah. Dang. Well, I wish you the best of luck, man. Thank you. Are we uh, Are we going to work out now? Yeah. You want to? <sighs> yeah, I try to avoid erging for as long as possible, but it it'll be easy. It, uh, we're gonna we're gonna do some boxing. Okay. Um, and then a little bit of rowing, and yeah, maybe get some Chipotle. Sounds good. All right. Well, thank you for coming, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, this was fun. Yeah.